and I don't know. Are you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? It is midnight in Cozy Corner and in the galaxy far, far away. Pour yourself a cup of Jawa juice, put your feet up and get ready to howl at the twin sons of Tatooine. It is time for the late night fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Tonight, we're talking about the Mandalorian. It is time for the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozic on our public radio. I'm done with that Star Wars crap and I'm done with you. Damn, Harrison. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me as always is my very light speed co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, apparently like Harrison Ford, we are done with that Star Wars crap. Unfortunately. It's unfortunate. It's a little unfortunate. As Boyz II Men said, we have come to the end of the road. (laughs) As Boyz II Men said, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Yes. As Boyz II Men said, oh, man. Motown Philly, back again. <laughs> I don't know if that pertains to this, but okay. Just just, just let me have it. Okay. So it's a moment. We're having a moment. <laughs> so Boyz II Men moment. Boyz II Men moment. <laughs> so we are talking about the Mandalorian episode eight entitled Redemption, written by Jon Favreau, who is the creator, showrunner, and executive producer of this wonderful piece of science fiction, space opera, space western entertainment, (laughs) and director Taika Waititi, who plays IG-11, and is the director of such films as Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit, which I believe may still be out in theaters or getting ready to come on video. It things, Things just run together these days for me. I don't know if I've heard of that, actually. Ah, well, <laughs> look it up on your own time. We're on the clock here. So this is it. This is the last episode of the first season of The Mandalorian Faith. Uh, first question, general thoughts. What did you think of Redemption? I I say this every week, but like every single episode, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, I loved it, too. <laughs> I love it too. I feel like this did a great job of picking up right where episode seven mm-hmm. left off, and it brings us here into uh, the the con- conclusion of the show. And my second question is, what did you think of this first season overall? Oh man, it is some of the best TV I've seen in a long time. You know, you're a TV fan, I and I want people out there to know that Faith. There's two things that uh, that she does not do lightly. It's it's give praise. And then give praise to television shows, you know, lightly. So right. that's that's a pretty high recommendation from you. So yeah. that that I just want them out there to know that I know you, and I know that that carries something coming yeah. from you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't. If I don't like something, you know, I'm not going to just, you know, love it. You know, this is some of the best TV I've seen in a long time, and it's so nice. That it's Star Wars and it feels like Star Wars. We keep saying that. And, you right. know, the new movie's out and I have no interest <laughs> yeah. in it. So we, it's, it's nice. It's, it's like we got thrown a bone from the Star right? Wars. Right. I was going to say, it's nice yeah. that we have something 
new from Star Wars. That's yeah, actually good. <laughs> I know what you mean. Sorry. What were? Let's go back in time just a little bit to uh, just two months ago, eight eight weeks ago, and uh, for someone who has trouble remembering what they had for breakfast, sometimes this this could be difficult. Uh, what were your expectations going in? And and we were tempered, I believe, with our expectations going in. We were excited to see what Favreau could do. Mm-hmm. I know on my end, that's what it was. But I, what were you, what were you expecting to get out of this? Uh, and and I want to add another question. What would have made you turn this off? At what point would you have gone, I'm done? That's a good question. Well, let me answer your first one. Honestly, I'm trying to note if I can remember even what I had thought. I think I was apprehensive. I, th- I, think, I think maybe we both felt that way. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's newer Star Wars, and it's in different hands, and, you know, you're you're not sure what you're going to get from it. It's Disney-related. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, I think I was a little apprehensive of where it was going to go. Because we've said on the show, and I I mean no disrespect to anyone who's worked on those movies except for a few people, um, (laughs) you know, uh, Force Awakens was okay. You know, we didn't walk out with a nasty taste in our mouth, but. Last Jedi just, I was done at that point, yeah. and Solo just really drove the nail in, and uh, and that's where we're at. But uh, John Favreau, of course, got me mm-hmm. got me here, and seeing the seeing the trailers, it, it looked interesting, and hearing the actors and actresses talk about it, and what a great time they had. So, uh, tempered expectations. My God, I I have not been this surprised by anything in, in a long time, and I know that we're preaching to the choir because this this sentiment is echoed by you know, a lot of people out there. So it's nice. It's nice that we've had this moment here. Right. And in fall of 2020, guess what? We're going to, we're going to have another, seems so another long season. From now. Oh yeah. man. I know your second question. What would have turned me off from it? Hmm. Uh, and let me tell you, I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I think it's one of those, I uh, would have known it when I, you know, I think when that's I, when I saw it kind of thing. I think that's where I'm at. There were a couple of moments in The Last Jedi where it was so cringe-inducing and so identity-politic-driven. You know, I never felt like this show uh, went down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. of like modern identity politics or, or agenda-driven storytelling. I was storytelling just or about like to that. say that. I think that's kind of maybe, maybe if they had brought that in more, I think maybe I would have been. Yeah, it's kind of like you get one. You know, you yeah. get one. If it's in service of the story, you get one, and then it's like you kind of, yeah, right. you kind of. You start. don't need to overdo it, you know. Yeah. What I mean? So let's get into into redemption. Uh, I really love this episode. This has the feel of a classic western. It mm-hmm. has that Sergio Leone thing going on. Uh, some Greek mythology thrown in with the uh, with the riverboat going down the the river of lava, like going mm-hmm. into the underworld, and you come out a new person on the end. I think you see that here. A lot of the things that we talked about in the episodes that we've done on this show. Uh, have come to fruition. Carl Weathers is now on the side of quote unquote good. <laughs> uh, we have indeed seen the Mandalorian's face. Yes. Uh, Baby Yoda is indeed still very, very cute. <laughs> and we finally, of course, got to see New York Yankee center fielder Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> For me, if you're listening, you've heard me make that joke several times. His name sounds like a classic baseball name. And that name belongs on the New York Yankees starting in center field. Um, it's probably getting old for you. It's not getting old for me. No, not for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, finally really got to see him. What I liked about this episode is that it closed off everything from this season. Mm-hmm. It closed off all the big questions we had. Like, they're safe now. Right. Possibly. <laughs> but 
but for the intents and purposes of this, they're safe. They're right. off, off on their adventure. They, um, they have a mission as it is, you know. Uh, it didn't leave it on a cliffhanger like, oh, no, he's got baby yo, you know, he's got to go get. No, no, everything was kind of tied off. But what I like what I just said, though, is that it, it raises more questions going into season two. Right. You know, Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. Is he a Mandalorian? Is he force sensitive? He is carrying the dark saber. We saw that beautiful black lightsaber that was introduced in the Clone Wars animated series by uh, Dave Filoni and ties in with Mandalore uh, uh, history. So. They're setting up a lot of things, but they're not pertinent to that main story of the father-son story. And he did indeed adopt Baby Yoda, right? which I thought was beautiful. That was one thing that we said, yes, is going to be one of these kind of things where they're going to tell it through the lens of a Mm father-son story. So they're kind of really linked uh, in that respect. Uh, We saw his face. You know, he is, uh, there are no more Mandalorians, it seems at this point they've been mm-hmm. wiped out you know so he's the last one of his his kind mm-hmm. uh so a lot of neat things you know is he going to go his own way with something we asked and it seems like he's going his own way what did you think about the way that all the different story elements were were brought together here i thought they were cool and as you were as you were talking about them again just now it almost felt like a movie does that make like it felt like, like three movies really one, it almost yeah, felt like a trilogy one, yeah this one episode just felt more of a movie than it did TV, and I'm not complaining at all. It was so, just so much going on, so entertaining. I mean, I really got nervous watching this. I did too. <laughs> now I was nervous last week when the uh, the scout troopers got Baby Yoda. I was mm-hmm. like, oh no! I, and that's the thing. I want nothing bad to happen to Baby Yoda. And then uh, Jason Sudeikis, of course, plays one of the uh, <laughs> scout troopers and. Uh, IG-11 works his uh, magic on them. But I, after Baby Yoda got safe, I started getting legitimately nervous for some of our characters mm-hmm. uh, trapped in that cantina. Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano. Grief Karga, played by Carl Weathers. And, of course, uh, the Mandalorian, who has a name. Din Jin, I believe is his name? Or, or Jirin? Din Jarin? Din Jarin, that's it. Played by Pedro Pascal. And uh, I was getting nervous. I mean, that was the classic <laughs> Western shootout. And then... <laughs> You know, IG-11 comes in and just, you know, waylays everybody. And then, you know, they get down into the lava river and, you know, are able to make their escape. But uh, I, there were some tense moments along there, the way, though. Yeah, I know. So let me ask you this. Did you notice all of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie connections <laughs> to this episode? And what do you make of them? I will lay them out for you and for our audience uh, if you were not aware of them. IG-11 has been reprogrammed into a nanny. That reminded me of both <laughs> Kindergarten Cop and Terminator 2. Uh, Cara Dune uh, taking the uh, the big looks like a 50 cal machine gun reminds me of Jesse Ventura from Predator <laughs> and then IG-11 sacrifice at the end reminds me of uh, the Terminator uh, in Terminator 2 making the sacrifice for John Connor even going into the lava so I'm wondering like do you think some of that was uh, intentional or, oh, yeah. or am I reading too much into this no I'm sure it was intentional because <laughs> why not put some Arnold Schwarzenegger inspiration into why not? the movie. I mean, into the show. You know, why, why not? not? I think they need to try and get Arnold on this show. I'm, oh, I'm being yeah. serious. I think yes. he'd be a welcome addition, either as a voice performance or, or a motion capture or just having him there. I I'm going to tell you wonderful. what makes me happy, though, watching this. I love seeing Carl Weathers in this. <laughs> we, you know, you and I are both huge fans of Rocky, the uh, the franchise, and, and then the character. Mm-hmm. And uh, we both have... Uh, a real affection for Apollo Creed, yes. uh, the character, and then also, you know, the man who brought him to life. And 
I was so happy to see Carl Weathers in this and to see him doing so well. I mean, it's so cool to see him in Star Wars. Like, you don't think you'd ever would have seen that, you know? And I'm so glad that he becomes a quote-unquote good guy. Mm -hmm. I know they're in the underworld and all that and living in the underbelly, uh, you know, of of that crime (laughs) world. But uh, he he really came through at the end, didn't he? He did. And he has my favorite (laughs) moment in this episode when he says, why don't we get the kid to do the magic hand thing? (laughs) And he waves his hand around, and Baby Yoda waves waves his waves his uh-huh. hand around. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, any thoughts on where this might be going with uh, season two? Do you think Moff Gideon might be force sensitive? I, I, it matters not to me one way or the other. I think he's a he's going to be a great villain, and yeah. I think uh, his ties into uh, the Mandalorian's past are going to come you know into play in season two. And I love that they walked up to the line of explaining what Yoda is, but they didn't do it right. Exactly. You know, keeping, keeping a little bit of mystery. I like the way that they described it. They were sorcerers, the mm-hmm. Jedi, you know, you know, that you didn't get an explanation of the force or anything like that. It was right. just, you know, they were sorcerers. Um, I feel like there's history to be mined there in, in season two. And uh, I'm looking forward to going with them on their journey, you know, uh, and see what they find out. And if he finds, you know, his race or if he finds, as I said, possibly the Jedi Knights who are in training. So I don't know, but. So many possibilities. There I'm, are. I'm glad that they wrapped this up, though, so neatly. Yeah. You know, asking questions and raising them. But uh, let's talk about uh, what we're here to talk about. And that is, of course, Baby Yo-Yo, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, the the sensation that has taken America and the world <laughs> by storm. The cutest thing on two legs and, and six six toes, uh, <laughs> uh, I think, ever to grace a movie screen since his uh, since Big Yoda did back in the day. Uh so many great moments here. What were some of your favorite moments with him? Uh, I will start. I liked when he was on the speeder bike laughing that's when uh, IG-11 <laughs> was going through town, Waylay and everybody. Yeah, that's my favorite. Me and my sister were watching it, and I would just kept rewinding it because <laughs> look how cute he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely that. Um, oh, man. I feel like every time he's on the screen. I do like when know? he came in. Did you notice he was a little stronger? He stopped the fire and mm-hmm. he didn't pass out. Yep. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be trained as a Jedi or as a Mandalorian. And how do you feel about the father-son relationship? Do you feel that they are uh, uh, compatible, you know, you yeah, know people? I think, I think so. Yeah. I think they need I think they're going to need each other. I think so, too. As this goes on. And I, I do think uh, Giancarlo Esposito's Moff Gideon is going to play into who the Mandalorian is. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. And then moving forward. Now, I am still curious as to why they wanted Baby Yoda. I don't know, which makes me believe he might possibly be Force-sensitive uh, Moff Gideon. Yeah, that's I can see that. So, Yeah, very interesting. Like I said, enough questions raised where you go, oh, what's going to go on? But but you're not, you know, like like anxious or nervous, you know, for any of the characters right. or any of that. Uh, let's uh, talk about the rest of the cast. Gina Carano, we've, we've been her. impressed by her. Oh, yeah. Since episode four, I think it was, where she popped up. How did you like the little nod to the original film in this? Because I got a kick out of that. And it, I think it added such weight to her character. Mm-hmm. I agree. Miss Kara Cynthia Dune. <laughs> I love that name, Kara Cynthia. But uh, would you like to say what the uh, what the tie-in to the original film is? She's from the planet Princess Leia is from. She is. She's Alderanian. <laughs> yep. And I thought that was such a nice little nod. And it is. It is kind of ties her in with the mandalorian you know mm-hmm. she's one of the last of her kind yep. you know um how do you feel about their relationship because you know she was really gung-ho about taking care of him you know 
making sure when he got hurt and you thought he might be dying, she wanted to make sure that he, you know, got the safety. Do you feel that uh, the respect that they had, you know, has been there from the beginning or was this kind of earned here? I I think they've kind of been into each other. I don't mean in a romantic way, but but they respect and and dig each other. Yeah, I think it's been from the beginning. I think I think it's hard not to respect each other as their own people. So I think I definitely get why they do, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I I can't say enough good things about this. And this episode was really simple. There wasn't mm-hmm. much to it. It wasn't a big, you know, flashing light in the sky. We gotta go stop this. It was no. We gotta get the safety, and they get the right. safety, and he fights the bad guy. He gets his jetpack. I mean, there's a sense of completion here, and we're moving on in the next in the next phase. What did you think about him removing his helmet? Uh, I thought it was needed. Did you uh, expect it? Um, because I did. Yes. I expected him to remove it. I did not expect us to see him. Okay. I thought they were going to pull that. a fast one. That was one of my favorite moments because what is this thing like uh, human beings or living creatures or something can't yeah. see them? And he's like, well, I'm not. And the robot living. is more human, I think, in that moment than all of them. Just like <laughs> right. the Terminator, you know, yeah. going back to Terminator too. And I think it was, you know, he hadn't trusted droids, you know, and then here he is yeah. taking his helmet off for it, you know. That was kind of a nice Yeah, moment. and the droid made a joke. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was really, really funny. So it, it, top to bottom, this was so well done. And, I, and I'm excited that Favreau's coming back with season two in fall of 2020. And uh, Can't wait. we would be remiss. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to add just about this episode or just this season in general? Because I think uh, I would like to sit down and watch it all I in was, one go. That was literally what I was going to say because I've been watching this one episode at a time. I haven't and I have gone not back. rewatched Me any. neither. And so I just want to go back and just watch all eight in one day. Just literally sit down and watch them yeah. start to finish, piece them all, you know, watch yeah. them as a whole. And uh, I th- that's pretty much yeah, we would be remiss. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is out in theaters now. We have not seen it. We did have a report. Uh, I've heard it's not very good. <laughs> Does that yeah. surprise you? No. I've heard it's a visual assault, and not a lot makes sense. Um, visual assault. <laughs> a visual assault. I've heard that the first 10 minutes of that movie will make you nervous if you're prone to panic attacks because there's so much going on. Oh, man. Um, that's disappointing because I did say, you know, uh, there was part of me that was like, because I thought the other two movies were just so bad, you know. But I said, you know, best case scenario, we get a great movie. <laughs> we get a great Star Wars movie. So, see, I've been, but I don't I think mean, that happened. That didn't happen. And I, and I don't. I don't even think we got a good movie. That's that's the problem. Yeah. I'm hearing from a lot of people. The thing is, I've been seeing half and half people like, oh, this is the best movie ever, or you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams saved the day, and he did, he did so good. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but. But trailers and sneak peeks alone didn't do it for me. The sneak peek after episode yeah. seven of The Mandalorian really upset me and kind of encapsulated everything that's wrong with uh, with the franchise, mm-hmm. the direction they have now where, you know, they were doing something. They have to comment on everything that they do. They have to say what they're doing and then say something about it afterwards. Right. I'm like, you know, go watch the scene where... Uh, Harrison Ford uh, flies the Falcon through the asteroid field and Empire Strikes Back. You know, <laughs> A.B., the sneak peek uh, after Mandalorian episode seven, when the Falcon is going through the ice sheet with uh, Harrison Ford seeing the Empire when he's flying in the asteroid field, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. And I feel like the Mandalorian show really captured the spirit of those original movies. Me too. Yeah, you know, spirit of what George was setting out, and 
the influences George was bringing mm-hmm. to it. I think it's beautiful the way it's laid out. You I know, think so and too. I think, you know, sky's the limit. Hopefully, if Favreau and Filoni are, are taking care of this TV universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope season two is just as good as this because this has been such a pleasure to watch i mean it really has yeah and not only do i hope season two is good i hope the kenobi show is really good because i have a soft spot for ewan mcgregor as obi-wan kenobi and i I really can't wait to see that but uh this has been great and like i said the expectations were exceeded i know they were low going in but uh really just a a pleasure to watch this and fun and, and fun to talk about it and it's kind of interesting in it that there wasn't much to say about it after. It's like, no, just watch it. It's all there. You know, there's, yeah. yeah. I don't feel like it relied too heavy on the nostalgia. I thought it was just, it was, it was just completely down the middle. Yeah. Like, yeah, because they, they have a lot of things, you know, from the older films, but they're, they're good tie-ins that feel necessary to the story. Yeah. You know, it's not like, let's just throw this in there because people are going to be like, woohoo, oh, yeah. you know, we remember this. No, I feel yeah. like, you know, I think it was, it was needed in that. It it builds its world. Yeah. It stands on the shoulder of the uh, prequels and the original trilogy. And mm-hmm. it just it sits in that world and builds upon it. And I think it's it's all the better for it. And I, I'm so excited that at least we have this one great season of this. <laughs> I know. You know, it could go to hell. I mean, you never know. But uh, I know. it does give me hope for the Kenobi show. So the films might be done for me right now. But uh, the TV series, I think they're really rocking. And uh, like I said, I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, uh, I'm really looking forward to binging this as one... <laughs> One continuous so uh, show. I'm shocked that we haven't actually. <laughs> well, you know, it's been the holidays. So. Uh, I know. So, well, uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention that uh, New Year's is coming up. Uh, we hope you have had a good 2019. And if you have not, we hope that you are, have been left in relatively one piece. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we hope that 2020 is your best year ever. We are going to be doing uh, mystery thrillers on the late night fright proper, as we call it, our Wednesday show starting January 1st. We are kicking off with Faith. What are we kicking off with? Rear Window. From Alfred Hitchcock. And we have some great directors we're going to be spotlighting this month. And uh, so be on the lookout for that. And we'll be back with some regularly scheduled uh, television uh, episodes that we're going to do. No idea what those are yet. But uh, this has been a real pleasure uh, talking about The Mandalorian every week. I know. I feel like it went by so fast. It really did. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. I know. <laughs> Time f- or you're a Wookiee. Or you're a Wookiee. Uh, you know. Yeah, Baby Yoda. America's hero. Yes. In this time of trouble. The one person that can bring us all together. Yeah, it's like the one ring in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Well, Faith, I think it's time to uh, time to sign off. And uh, I think we should tell them to keep their baby Yoda on a leash. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, all of you out there, uh, live long and prosper. Mm. May the force be with you. There you go. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to... Keep your baby Yoda on a leash. One more time, Aunt Carrie. Take us home. And in conclusion, Your Honor, I hope I slept with you to get the job, because if not, who the hell was that guy? This is a coyote on behalf of the cast and crew of the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We want to sincerely thank you for tuning in, and we want to remind you to tune in each and every week as we break down a new episode of The Mandalorian. May you stay one step in front of the Empire, and may the Force be with you. We'll see you further down the trail. <laughs>